Hi, Riff. Whoa, are you okay? Did you get caught in a weird time loop? I'm Zach. I'm Riff. I'm Jim. And I'm Kevin. It's time for episode number 199 of Video Games Hot Dog. We're so close. We're so close to the bicentennial, fellas. Where Kevin will finally learn to say his name. Uh, I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, you're probably right. It's probably just going to get just even worse. Just put me in the final position again. Okay. <laughs> I'm, uh, I was just trying to mask the, the probably inaudible sound of the band playing downstairs. I yeah, I don't think it's, when we were trying to get room noise earlier, I'm not sure we actually got room noise. I think we just got a good bass line. Yeah. That's cool. That's yeah, fine. We can edit that out. You know, there's a guy downstairs, like sitting in front of the bar out there, like, like, he's there to prevent people from walking into the hearing damage room. Right. Just as a public safety thing. <laughs> no one is actually allowed to be in there other than the musicians. Right. They're already deaf. So. Right. <laughs> How was your week, everybody? That was pretty good. How was yours? You were in New York. I did. I went to, I, I, I flew all the way there and hung out for like four days and then flew all the way back. It's your a long flight. really tired? Yes. Yes. I, uh, I got to see is Sleep No More for a second time. Convention. Uh, which was rad. Uh, I basically did not see anything that I had seen before and also got a cool one-on-one experience. Neat. You got anointed. I did. So that's an elaborate thing then. Like how, how much would you estimate that you still have yet to see? I am guessing that I probably have seen 60% of the, the sort of main action yeah. stuff. So for the viewers at home, this is like a, sort of interactive live theater event immersive i don't know that i would call it interactive yeah 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 but you're walking around inside the production they can touch you but you can't touch them kind of right. yeah <laughs> it's uh it's a gigantic space it's like a hundred thousand square feet of like warehouse space that are divided up into six five five for floors for most people there's apparently a secret sixth floor uh yeah that only one person gets to go to or something per show uh and then, yeah, I don't know, like just a bunch of performance, different environments, different mazes, yeah. different modern dance performances that are, you know, they're whatever, but sometimes there's boobs. Yep. <laughs> sometimes there's wieners. That's okay, I guess. If you're a person that likes looking at floppy wieners. <laughs> Sometimes there's, there is a tremendous amount of fake blood. <laughs> oh, are you sure it's fake? No. If, if you're someone who likes looking at a tremendous amount of fake blood. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I also got to, I also went to on a different night, uh, several different Upright Citizens Brigade performances, mm. Mm. which were pretty rad. Um, several different like improv groups that they have there. There's a bunch of different UCB theaters in New York and LA. And now I want to go and see all of their shows. I mean, you could just see one over and over again, and it would always be different because it's that's, improvised. That's also true. <laughs> uh, but I'm excited. There, the we we saw Upright Citizens Brigade at a Max Fun Con four years ago, maybe, and it was some of the funniest yeah. improv I have ever seen. I I still sort of maintain that that just ruined improv for me forever because it was so much better than anything else that I had seen before or since. This was, I mean, this was not as good, but it was definitely really, really good. So I think, I think that you could, 
you could go to some other professional improv and be pleased. So what is it about that that, for example, why doesn't like a really funny movie ruin improv for you? <laughs> Just knowing knowing that it was composed on the spot makes yeah, it okay. so much more. Because, I mean, I feel like you, we are all people who care about the way that things are made. That's true. Right? And so seeing like, oh, the fact that somebody is that good at being that funny – just on the spot, like the scale has just changed. Like yeah. the, yeah. while still maintaining no. a narrative and like building character, like it's they yeah. are moving something forward while simultaneously just being uproariously hilarious. Yeah, know, like. and I'm with you, but I think of something like jazz, where when I listen to jazz, I usually like the part that was written, and then you don't like the variations. I, I don't like the part where they just make shit up. Hmm. Even though it's the same constraint, it's the same like, oh yeah, they made that shit up. But, and I, I'm really into music in the process of making music. And I, for whatever reason, like that stuff is just completely lost on me. Well, it makes me think of like the, the super ego podcast where they, where they improv for like four hours and then edit it down to the best stuff. And that, that's consistently hilarious. Uh, yeah, that's well. Some show. of the best comedy movies are made that way too. Yeah, you're like your Anchorman's. I haven't seen that one. Your your forty year old virgins. I haven't seen that one. Your wow, your, really? your Judd's Apatow. Uh, is that a movie? <laughs> I was trying to uh, solve this uh, crossword the other day, and uh, one of the clues was a fellow member of the secret society that George Bush and John Kerry belonged to and it was eight letters and uh i was i felt so sure for a long time that it was bob's dole <laughs> like <laughs> there's a different one for each secret society but it turned out to be bones man mm. which is what you call a member of the skull and bones a bones man bones and you spend man. the whole time you're trying to solve the puzzle you're thinking what yeah what famous person has an eight letter oh no it was bone nessman Oh, Bo Nessman, right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the, uh, uh, the brother of Luke and Les Nessman. Yeah. <laughs> the Duke boys and their dweeby newscaster third brother. Yeah. Uh, the, yeah, the Duke boys, Bo and Luke Nessman. <laughs> well, you know, they're literally Dukes. Oh, they went to Duke. Oh, yeah. okay. All right. The, where did they, where is that at Harvard? The Skull and Bones? Yeah. That's, I don't know. It might be Yale? Yale, mm. I think. Yeah. That sounds right. <clears throat> That's a good question. Princeton is the one with the, like, dining clubs. Yale probably has secret societies. Dartmouth is the one where they invented basic. Okay. The basic bitches, they called that squad <laughs> of 60s nerds that... <laughs> Cornell has the, all the different dining halls, but that's... Uh, only notable because they have like one of the best hotel schools in the country and it's just like all the hotel students cooking amazing food for all the rest of the students there. <laughs> Did Chris Cornell, either Chris Cornell, go to Cornell? <laughs> I, don't, I don't think so. I don't think so. <clears throat> Chris Cornell of uh, Black Hole Sun or Save, Save the, the Date, date fame. fame. Right. That'd be hilarious if it was the same Chris Cornell. <laughs> yeah, it really would be. That's uh, Oh, he really let himself go. Be yeah. tricky. Well, in which, which direction? Way? Yeah. <laughs> like that's which which thing that these guys don't really have any control over are we making fun of which of them about? <laughs> like Oh yeah. Huh. Uh, yeah, Chris tells me that he will occasionally get some of the other Chris Cornell's mail. Mm. 
Oh, that's great. What it, like, oh man, was that was that Great Dane in that Black Hole Sun video? <laughs> cool. I bet he was cool. <laughs> that seems like I'm trying to imagine the kind of fan mail that I would send to Chris Cornell, and that's yeah. I, I, well, I think it was more business mail, but but yes, yeah, still, that's a better image in my, in my head now. I'll think of that from now on. Was Johnny Cash cool? Yes. He could answer that. Anybody, anybody named Chris can answer that question authoritatively. What, uh, what about you, Zach? What have you been up to this past weekend or week? I got, I tried to commit a little bit of, uh, crimes. D- yeah. A little bit of domestic terrorism, but got thwarted. Oh yeah. I, uh, okay. So I went, it, it's been really cold and windy here. And okay. so at the, at the end of a, at the end of a long day where I accomplished more or less nothing, I thought I deserve a, little treat so i went down to the cigar lounge because uh, it was too cold to go up on the roof and smoke a cigar so i, I went to the cigar lounge so this is like a destination that you have to like actually travel to. yeah yeah you can you can take the train and walk aways or you can do what i do and exploit the poor by taking an uber because uh, i figured if i'm going to the plutocrat fat cat cigar lounge the problem with the cigar lounge is more that i don't get this sense from the owners at all but the clientele is very often like literally fedora mra types like people that are like wearing suits not because they're in style or look good but because they just don't respect women that's the uniform (laughs) this is the only reason that you're dressed like this huh i didn't realize that um that that's one of the reasons one could wear a suit yeah i mean I I feel like arguably it's like, well, I'm just trying to be a gentleman. I'm trying to I'm trying to recall an earlier, simpler time where everything sucked for everyone except guys like me. Oh, okay. But oh, well then what they really need is those giant Elizabethan ruffled collars that lock mm, around mm-hmm. your neck. <laughs> but so it this fucking place this leads me to believe that maybe the owners are assholes and it's actually irresponsible of me to spend money there. But I it's the only place that you can go and smoke a cigar and also drink a lot of whiskey uh in within a stone's throw well no within they're they're close to each other uh but yeah within a sure i could go to new york i could go to the velvet cigar lounge in new york if i wanted to i could go to mexico the woods sure but that's outdoors <laughs> it's i i want someplace where see i want someplace where someone will tree. bring me yeah, the whiskey <laughs> <laughs> they have this sign in the bathroom. There's only one bathroom. It's a unisex. Do they bathroom. have freelance waiters? Because you could hire one to have in your house for that Ooh. night. Oh. I think they do, but I think it's another one of those exploitative startups. We're not well, actually allowed to smoke cigars in our. Well, so our Uber is definitely going to have automated cars, like probably within five years. Uh, <laughs> yeah, all those people are going to need sure. to do something. You might, you could just pay them, like just feed me Rice Krispies one at a time. Wow, I was like, like oh no, that's that won't happen until 2020, and then I was like, holy shit, that is five <laughs> years from now. <laughs> Fuck. God. Yeah, yeah. So in the bathroom of this cigar lounge, they have this sign. That is just infuriating to me. It says, ladies, colon, please ensure that the toilet seat remains in its proper position. Whoa. Yeah. It is basically just like a, in case, in case it wasn't already clear that this cigar lounge <laughs> is a fucking boys club. Just, just, you know what? Fuck you. If you're a woman, like, maybe just fuck you. Maybe like, we just would like to remind you that you're not welcome here. You know, there's women there sometimes. That's fine. They're not like mean. It's not a, like aggressively, actively unwelcome place. But that sign is fucking every time I go in there. Unfortunately, hostile. Three or four drinks in, yep. I decide 
I'm going to tear that sign off the wall and throw it in the fucking garbage can. And I do it every time that I go in there. (laughs) And then every time I come back, it's back. This time I did it. The next time I went to the bathroom, it was back up. It was back up. Wow. And I had not seen the staff of the place go in there. So I have no idea what happened. The wall just grows a new one. Weird. That's the thing. I didn't check to see. If the original sign was still in the bathroom, this yeah. might actually explain it, right? You could also start taking a, them home. If that's yeah, I didn't. I, I don't usually carry a bag with me when I go there. No. It's it's like in plastic, you know. It's in one of those like hard plastic things, and it's velcroed to the wall. Next time, I think I'm going to take it off, and then I'm also going to tear the adhesive velcro stuff off mm. the wall so that it is non-trivial to, uh-huh. to put back up. I I could also probably just pull the paper sign out of the thing, or or replace it. With a sign that of looks, similar, that looks, super that similar. looks similar yeah. so that a person wouldn't notice, yeah, but actually call. maybe just had a, an, affirma, an affirmative message. Yeah, that's, that is unnecessarily. It's so obnoxious. shitty. It's so yeah. shitty. Like, th- this is me talking. <laughs> <laughs> and th- it's, I just don't, I don't get it. Like, I don't. Like, I feel like the people that are, the, it's, it's, the only reason that you can smoke in there is because the only people who work there are owners, right? And there are like five of them. And there's like four middle-aged dudes, like you would expect. And this one woman that's maybe in her late thirties. And I don't know. I don't oh, know. You can't have employees. Yeah. You can't oh, have employees and let people smoke inside because it's whole, like, it's just basically like all smoking in public laws are about businesses getting sued, right? Like they're not. They're justifiable from a public health standpoint, but that's not really what they're about because going to smoky bars and drinking as a customer fucking doesn't do anything to endanger your health. Like working there all the time, maybe it does and maybe you will sue and they don't want to like the workman's comp load, the workman's comp load, workload, workman's comp, workman load. Comp USA. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Yeah. Anyway. So yeah, I, I gotta figure out a way to destroy that sign once and for all. I like the I like the subtle subtle alterations if you can figure out what typeface it's in and Yeah. I think I have a, I think I have a photograph of it. It's on it's on some kind of weird parchment paper, but I, I think that it's probably within our means to to take care of this. So I was trying to think of what it would be like, ladies, one of you might be president soon. <laughs> um Ladies. You don't have to stay here just because he wants to come here. <laughs> wow. <laughs> like, that's also, like, oddly <laughs> gendered in, in well, unfortunate ways. I don't know. Like, uh, the whole thing is just kind of gross. It's it, Ladies, I mean, here's my phone number. <laughs> yeah. Good. Good. What have you been up to, Jim? I watched a movie. Oh, yeah? Yeah. It's a pretty good too. one. That, Which one? Uh, Mad Max. Yep, that's what I watched. Me too. I Let's all talk about it and make see, Kevin feel bad. That's it, it, fine. You guys are cool. It's really, really, <laughs> really, really, really good. It's yeah, I liked good. it a lot. It was amazing. Even, even after having it totally built up Yeah. and yeah. going to see it, it was like, yep, they were right. It's 98%. You know, it is 98% on Rotten Tomatoes. You know what got the other 2%? Paul Blart Mall Cop 2. <laughs> Wait, Paul... <laughs> Paul Blart 2 Mahler Cop. Mall Copper. Mahler Cop. It's just this like six hour long German like deconstruction piece. (laughs) (laughs) 
Hmm. It's interesting how much everybody who has seen it likes it and how it was just blown away in the box office by Pitch Perfect 2. Yeah. <laughs> right? Like... I mean, is it just it is just it did well appealing to a very specific smaller audience or something? Well, it did well enough that they're making sequels. That I don't know if I like that. Though it, I liked that it was completely standalone but of itself. Mm-hmm. So they um, all they committed after the first weekend are. to sequels. Okay, yeah, or something? I, I have not seen any other Mad Max movie. Really? Yeah. Wow, you are the you are the second or third person I've talked to recently about whom that's true. Hmm. I've seen Thunderdome, but I think that's the only other one I've seen. Uh, the Road Warrior is really, really, really good, and it's similar to this in its... You know, if, you, if you're if you interested in this and you like our podcast, what you might also like is the Overthinking It podcast. <laughs> they did a really good episode about, like, top form, just like, oh, man, these are, like, smart guys having a really well-reasoned but completely extemporaneous academic discussion about this movie. The original one or the, the Bo- new one? Both. Oh. Like, mostly the new one, but, like, they pointed out that, like, The Road Warrior, its, its storytelling doesn't rely on exposition, right? Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't yeah. explain yeah. anything. It's just, like, That's here's this world. That's what the Red media guys pointed out, too. About Road Warrior? Uh, about both of them. About both, yeah. It, it just, like, and, and it works really, really well. You know? There's, the, like, I mean, the... The Road Warrior kind of has that, like, dumb kid with the boomerang, which is sort of like it's Jar Jar. But even that, like, because I saw it when I was a kid, like, that didn't strike me as real stupid. So, (laughs) I mean, is it easier to do a post-apocalyptic film because... It comes after a thing you already know. It comes after a thing you already know, and it usually isn't important why there was an apocalypse. Or even if it is, that can be really easily explained without exposition. Like, do you know what I mean? Like... I wonder if it would be possible to do this in a sci-fi context without some kind of... Well, I think the the setting is kind of irrelevant. Like, I think the first... Wasn't the first movie set, like, obviously in Australia? Yeah. And this one, like... The, is... first, the first one sort of stands apart from the rest of them okay. in that it was sort of, like, just sort of during the collapse of civilization as opposed to, like, after any kind of actual oh, cataclysmic event. Like, it was just, like... like he was a cop. Like he, there were still cops. Ah. Like mm-hmm. uh, this one's kind of, it's, it's kind of like abs. The setting is pretty abstract. Like there are a lot of tropes that evoke, uh, evoke like feelings, but not a lot that evoke like a specific place or time. Um, okay. One of the things I liked a lot about this specifically in terms of like expositionless storytelling was how well it used, how well it used, uh, tropes storytelling tropes in a way that clearly made sense as opposed to just like hitting hitting on various ideas and themes so like the guy basically the villain wears a vader mask the whole movie Mm -hmm. and he is wearing it to intimidate people it actually makes sense you know The, the the dudes with the chrome war paint uh that are that that are like really excited to go into battle that that's those are warriors who have been trained to believe that this is how they get into Valhalla. It actually makes sense, mm-hmm. uh, as well as being awesome, which is incredible. Like, my lens for this movie uh, going into it was the couple of Marvel movies I've seen recently and didn't like. And Marvel is especially bad at 
um, getting viewers up to speed if they're not already familiar with everything about the movie. Um, yeah, I feel like we talked about this a week ago or two you, weeks you ago. Were like because I, baffled yeah, by I, the original the, Avengers. I was so confused by the part of the Avengers that I saw. I just didn't believe that that was the movie that people were talking about. Yeah. I really liked Guardians of the Galaxy, and I like I was surprised to hear you say that you just despised it. Yeah, that was. I'm I'm really kind of ashamed of this, but the reason I had such bad jet lag in New York was that I couldn't sleep because of how bad that movie was. I was just like, <laughs> oh, I'm so furious. Uh, <laughs> Does that mean you saw Mad Max and had just a, a just a baby night's sleep? Like? I did sleep pretty well, actually. <laughs> Interesting. There may have been confounding factors there. <laughs> it's hard to say. Um, but yeah, the Guardians of the Galaxy, like, I, I really kind of want to, I only saw like half an hour of it before giving up. And I really want to like, like sit down and do like a shot by shot analysis of like, exactly why do I hate this so much? Yeah, I'm curious. I'm, I'm also really curious. Like, because I, I, I put some effort into like a, like a half-assed, like, Twin vent. Media. Yeah. Vent on Twitter and on Facebook. And like, it. It really doesn't encapsulate it, and it doesn't really hold up to scrutiny. At least the what I put down on paper. But yeah, uh, Mad Max, like, it just does such a good job with costume design and set design and, and action, and just... Mm-hmm. It could have been a silent film and, and would have yeah. been just as understandable. Interesting. I don't know that I agree with you on that score because i think that they the characterization in it was fantastic and even like there's a there's a part where it's like oh we, okay so now there's just this scene where there's like five different flavors of super hot girl sort of spraying each other with water in mm-hmm. weird flowy I, I think gowns. it's it's notable it's like, that that that, that scene it made was sense way less titillating in fiction and it wasn't but, yeah it was yeah. not played it was not played for arousal and then you get to know those characters via the one or two lines that they each have which like combined with their actions firmly established them as real characters with yeah. real personalities and and motivations and identities and it is fucking amazing it's like they it's like they set that up they set up your expectation that this is just going to be like, oh, well, here's the here's the like bullshit eye candy that makes no sense and is here for no reason other than to like give you a boner so you will tell your friends to buy a ticket to this movie. And then they're like, nope, fuck you, just kidding. This is still really good. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also it, it just made sense for those characters to be really hot. Like, diegetically, they should have been incredible, you know? And there was also a really interesting just visual contrast between like them and the rest of the characters yeah. in the movie, which yeah. are all just yeah really beaten down and worn down by the by the destroyed world. Man, so good. Yeah. Wholeheartedly recommend. I would see it again. Maybe I'll go see it again with my buddy Kevin who hasn't seen it yet. Yay. <laughs> Sorry to run off on this No, it's good. Amazing I, fun I, I tried carousel to ride that you can't come on. Uh my New York folks to go with me to see it and uh they want they wanted to play pinochle instead huh. oh. so we, put, we played well, a bunch of pinochle were they like 70 <laughs> no 
You know who was 70? The fucking director of this movie. <laughs> oh, yeah. His previous credits include Happy Feet and Babe Pig yeah, in the Babe City. Yeah, Babe Pig in the yeah. City, yeah. Which I have not seen, but I've heard a lot of really good things about. Me too, actually. Yes. Like, Happy I, Feet, not so good. Yeah. But Babe Pig in the City, I think, is pretty good. But. Yeah. Is this the same guy that directed the previous Mad Max movie? Yeah, yeah. Oh, There's, I think he had a couple other people that worked on the screenplay. But um, it that, more than anything, is like, you know, as someone who is probably more afraid of, like, creative irrelevance than almost anything else as a result of aging, like, yeah. that's really fucking reassuring. Well, mm-hmm. games are, like, one of the only media where you age out of it th- as quickly as you do in games. Like, you, you burn out of games, like, in five years. You never see anybody... Like in their seventies, making games. Uh, you occasionally get your like Ron's Gilbert, yeah, your Tim's you'll, Schaefer. You'll see like, it, but it's super rare. The, I think the, the oh, also the guys starter the yeah. Kickstarter model has allowed a lot of yeah, and that stuff's really good. And it's getting better for sure, but like it's not weird at all to see filmmakers in their sixties and seventies doing the best work of their lives. Okay, that's and that's same a, with musicians. That's a good point. Ah, uh, musicians really? Eh, no. You're right, but they still like, do not good. Like, I can't think like, of a band whose, like, 10th album is the best album. But you still have, like, people like B.B. King, who was still doing good live shows. Okay, okay. Yeah, I guess the... Not not so much anymore. <laughs> it, well, you know. I mean, but then you get, like, the Red Hot Chili Peppers, who descend into self-parody. Yeah. Unintentional self-parody. And, I don't know. The Rolling Stones is like the classic there, but they still fucking make a lot of money selling tickets to Rolling Stone shows and people go to them and have a good time, I guess. What do you think of Paul McCartney? I don't, I don't know. Hmm. I mean, he's pro- he seems like he's probably a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> I saw I saw Bob Dylan and Paul Simon in concert t- 21 years ago, I guess. They were still already old. My point stands, even though this was <laughs> 21 years ago. But, like, it's like, yeah, it was pretty entertaining. You know, these guys are clearly past their primes. Man, did you see that, uh, speaking of which, that trailer for Lego Dimensions? No. Well, I haven't seen the trailer, but I've been kind of following the news. What is it's it? It's got... So, it's basically Skylanders, but with Lego. Oh, and God. you... What it is, is it is Christopher Lloyd, who is a billion fucking years old. Yeah. He was old in 1985. Yeah. He was in his 40s when... He, okay, he Back looked to the Future came out, but he looked old. Yeah, like, it, that, it was pointed out recently that, like, Michael J. Fox is now as old as, or actually older than Christopher Lloyd was yeah. when Back to the Future came out. Like, yeah, he, I, I feel like he went gray early and just had the, just affect of an old man yeah. yeah but like no now he's like it was like wow he seems like he was having trouble delivering these lines but anyway he gets a package and he opens it up and there's a little doc brown minifig and then he builds like what looks like a little portal on top of like a rfid base plate and mm. then puts the minifig on it and then it's like basically just the traveler's tales games all mashed up so, like, you could be Batman and Back to the Future. You Batman to the future, future. Indiana Jones. Huh. It, I, it's probably going to be great. Yeah. <laughs> they've, they've announced, like, they've, they got the license for Portal 2 for it. So there's, like, a Chell figure and a... This game is basically, figure. like, 
I would say that the majority of the work being put into this game is but done by lawyers. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think they've just finally collected enough licenses that they can just do the like Omni World. Yeah, thing. I mean, yeah. assuming they they got them like on a multi-game basis. Yeah, they can finally build that bar where the, all the walls are covered in license plates. Skylanders, man, I am so happy that the the, the guys who made Star Control Two are f- just fucking billionaires now because of <laughs> Skylanders. Are they actually personally that's, doing well? Yeah, that's the question. Are they? Did they make a ton of like money? Their or? studio is doing fine. <clears throat> yeah. yeah, like, and they're getting like they're. I, I mean, I don't. I I don't know. They're probably not billionaires, but I like. Well, I, are they even millionaires? Like that would be. That would make me happy. I mean, I think they but, own their studio. Okay, okay. Right? Like, they, did you guys watch that uh, Star Control postmortem from yes. GDC? I met the guy who hosted it at, in New York. Okay. Oh, who? Yeah, who's that? He's a writer, right? He was a who's writer for uh, called Colbert, Colbert Report. Yeah. Um, What's his name? I don't remember. Forgotten as well. Um, And he, like, nothing to do with the industry. He was just a big fan who met them. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah, it's so good. Uh, I think it's still free, right? So our listeners could see it if it they is. wanted to. Yeah, oh, notably, like GDC stuff is now like everything prior to the current year is now available in the, for everything? free. Yeah, I thought wow. it was just a portion of stuff. Well, that's how it used to be. Oh, they have they changed that. It used to be that like they would just have selected stuff that is for like public interest, I guess, and release that for free. But I think policy now is to everything prior to the current. Wow. Uh, God, that is fantastic. Yes. But I think Star Controller was this year. It was. But yeah, but it, it was, was also in the list. It was in the set of things that they released they for released free. Because like we didn't, so we didn't get this year. badges this year. So, right. like, we... We don't need no stick badges. We wouldn't have had... <laughs> we really don't. We wouldn't have had access to it. No, we'll just, tor- we'll just torrent the videos of <laughs> Fred Ford and Paul Reich III talking about Star Control to... Ah, oh, man. God damn. God damn, that fucking game is good. It's a good game. Anybody who isn't already aware of it, listen to the Watch Out for Fireballs about Star Control yeah. 2 that I was a guest on. It's good. And uh yeah, watch that watch that video in the GDC vault. Just the Star Control postmortem. It's it's such a good mix of like explanation about how like how the business end of things came together and also the creative and the, the tech side stuff. And yeah, and the te- the tech stuff was like like just little snippets of like all the crazy shit they had to do. And those guys it. both just seem really delightful. And like, yeah. they're, they, they look like eh, contrasted with some of the like Atari guys who are hardened. Yeah. And just <laughs> like, they just sort of, I don't know, seem like I <clears throat> mercenary. Somebody in some way. like something in, in, we were talking at work the other day and David Crane came up and I was like, ah, you know, David Crane is like one of the only, like one of my only like sort of, old school video game, like not heroes precisely, but like the people whose names I knew when I was a kid aspirationally that I haven't like seen and Mm. determined was a complete butthole. (laughs) Like (laughs) just every time I go see the Atari, Ed Log is fucking awesome. He seems like a great guy, but yeah, I've not been impressed with any of the other people. Like it just, they, they just, a lot of them are like, they're working in mobile stuff now in like, really depressing yeah like they're, they're falling where the money yeah they're trying yeah. yeah they're just which is understandable especially at that age when you don't want to do the traditional game industry crunch 
but yeah, it's, it's but, still depressing. But these guys, the the Toys for Bob guys, they're just like, wow, that you're like in good shape. Like it's like it seems like maybe you have good families and like like th- this is awesome. Like <laughs> th- like I could there might I would be a future. I would like to be like you when I'm your age. Like that's yeah. I mean, they're, they're like ten years older than us. It's not even that. Anyway, yeah, Star Control two is what we're talking about. I guess I forgot how we got there. Skylanders, Lego, yep. people being old, Dimensions, Christopher Lego, Lloyd, Lego Dimensions trailer. Who yeah. was the designer who went on to like? I think he made, I think he made Robotron, and then he made Target Terror. Eugene like, Jarvis, yeah, it was like Eugene one Jarvis the is other. the person that made Robotron. Yeah, I think it was like he he just recently. By recently, I mean like in two thousand four, started a a modern arcade arcade company and just made really depressing games like here's a game where you shoot fmv terrorists hmm. that are all like middle eastern presumably well they're wearing masks Uh-oh. but but you but you know <laughs> <laughs> okay. do 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 you or are you projecting Jim, projecting your own prejudices against uh, against eugene jarvis perhaps I mean, I, i'm assuming you mean they're all women right like that's <laughs> that's what you're yeah. implying here is hmm do you guys want to do some listener's mail? Yes. Let's do that. Riff, you don't, you, do you have any stories to share? Nope. All I did was see Mad Max. All right. Just and get real and drunk, but that's a story over. for later in the show. <laughs> oh, right. What have you been playing? Right. Drunk Bloodborne. <laughs> Glebe says, hi, hot doggers. Hot Dog Network podcasts are the only ones that don't have episode descriptions. I'm using a non-iTunes podcast catcher because I don't have a real phone, and every episode just has null as the description. Is this because Zach, A, refuses to spend any extra time on podcasts, which don't make us any money, B, is literally too old to figure out how to fix this, or C, a mix of the above? Why not just make the new guy do it? Speaking of the new guy, Jim has been a great addition to the show. His show notes studs are very useful. He talks about platforms the rest of you are too old to understand, and he doesn't jerk <laughs> off with his iPhone. Less than three, Glebes. The episodes all have descriptions. I, they're, yeah, they're probably I, just in a different field. Yeah, I, they yeah, might be. They show up on, on iTunes uh, podcast catcher, and, and I see them. So. Yeah, me I too. I use Podcast Addict on Android, and it shows up there. So. Yeah, like the description of each episode of Video Games Hot Dog is the games list that I painstakingly <laughs> produce. <laughs> Every month, yeah. uh, I so like sort of what, stopped what putting jokes. In what what, what fields are you not filling out? I, well, I don't know. I mean, the thing is, is there I a Glebe's field. There might be a Glebe's field. Yeah, <laughs> there are a ton of possible fields on the ID three. There really well, it's not ID three, right? Like, it, is so it not, well, okay, is it's it possible. V2? It's possible that some. It's not ID three at all. It's not supposed to be. All of that stuff is in the XML for the podcast feed is where it's supposed to be. Oh, I don't yeah. do anything with the ID3 tags at all. Except when it gets saved ad- to the file, it's in an ID3. Except on Advice Hot Dog. No, none of that goes in none of that goes into ID3 tags. Like I it maybe it's supposed to, but it doesn't, and maybe or, that's the problem. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm doing everything according to the spec that Apple produced. Oh, that's gonna get you nowhere. Right. It's probably not gonna work with all of the third party Android Linux podcast podcatcher apps. But it works on mine. Right. Um, the only thing, the only thing that I do anything with ID3 tags on is episodes of Advice Hot Dog that have the art on them because some, they have individual episode art and some podcast programs look at the feed, but most of them don't. Most of them just look at the cover art field in the ID3 tags. And so if you I put see. cover art in, then that will make the individual episode art show up. Yeah. Maybe, maybe if it, Maybe his thing just just does. Yeah. 
I mean, it's possible that, like, because most people use Libsyn or SoundCloud or whatever, that it, they just know all of the tricks. Like, they've encountered all of this. And if we used a third-party service, as opposed to just, like, my web server that I own right. and that we already pay for all the bandwidth. The, the that process that, as the new guy, that I would follow <laughs> to um, to solve this problem is just to look up the look up the format, the the spec. Wait, what do you call it? The schema for podcasts. Look for the fields you're not using and put the game list in every one of them. In every every single field. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And then, if you really want to be diligent about it, you can do like a binary search where Glebe's writes in every week to see, <laughs> tell us whether he can see that list. Or we can A B test it. Like. Right. <laughs> All right, Glebes, close one eye. <laughs> do, do you see it here? Roger says, Hi, Biff, Cliff, Diff, and Biff. You previously mentioned, especially Riff, watching LPs of things. As devs yourselves, where do you stand on the LP or should give revenue to the devs issue? Huh. I don't think I believe... Well, so this is interesting, though, because like even amongst the four of us when we have an assignment, when we're all supposed to have played a game, sometimes some of us will just watch an LP sure. of it. I don't instead. think that's representative of the public at large though. I think that's because we, we like it's, it's, it is called an assignment because you have to do it. But, and if you're not, if you're not going to, you're think, not interested in playing the game, that's something you might do. But I think it, it could distinctly be argued that that is a way in which the developer is not getting money for, from I don't game. know that any of us ever watch a Let's Play instead of buying the game. I think we buy the game, try it, are not good. At, I mean, I've certainly never done it. There, are, I've definitely watched playthroughs of games that I didn't want to play. But if it was a thing that you could buy, I've bought it. I'm kind of... I am entirely on board with the developer having rights over what they have made. I don't know how I feel about, I mean, like with, with kingdom of loathing, the thing that three of us make, we don't, and this is a notable difference between us and, and uh fail better. The fallen London people, right? They actively sort of forbid people from taking their writing and posting it to a wiki or whatever. And we kind of don't care. I mean, we discourage it, in our forums because we don't want every new content release that we do to just immediately just be completely spelled out in the forums and then people come to the forums that we are providing and then like, oh, I've seen all this. Now I don't need to play this game. The wiki, if you're going to go to the wiki, you're going to go to the wiki. It's I fine. feel like There's people that. in the wiki tend to tend to hold off for a little while. Yeah. Plus, but I also mean, just not it, everybody the goes game to the game has gotten wiki. so elaborate that we kind of need the wiki to do our jobs. Sure, sure, sure. <laughs> but I mean, we don't need all of the individual jokes written down to there to, to do our jobs. But like, I don't, I'm trying to imagine like, what would I, how would I feel if somebody was like, oh, I'm really, I'm a really popular YouTuber and I'm going to play Kingdom of Loathing and a million people are going to watch and I'm going to make more money than you guys make. I I would maybe get a little annoyed about that but i would just like in the same way that i'm annoyed when like somebody is better looking than me you know it's not like there's nothing i can do about it there's nothing i should do about it well you say that there's nothing you can do but i mean you could i can make them stop and and like you make them stop being so good looking yeah Yeah. (laughs) you just want to destroy something beautiful i just want to destroy something beautiful that's exactly what i was thinking about that (laughs) my my general feeling is that 
I mean, if if a if a streamer or or a YouTuber is making money off of off of their ads or whatever, then like more power to them. But they don't. They they should not like demand the ability to make such revenue. There's they they don't. Uh, what's the word? They're not entitled to that. And if the actual owner of that IP puts a stop to it, then I don't think that guy has any right to complain. Yeah. I don't think they actually make that much money. Some like, of them do. Some of them are making well, there huge are, careers. Of it. Yeah, well, there, there are a handful are, like, that are doing this face thing. Yeah. PewDiePie has like 50 million subscribers, and he makes like $5 million a year, which is minuscule for that amount of... That number of people who are fans of you, because mm-hmm. the, because they don't have to pay anything. Well, right, just, they don't. Yeah. it's just all ad yeah. or whatever. But God, the world is just fucked. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, N- Nintendo is the outfit that keeps getting in trouble about this, right? Because they're like, ah, maybe you shouldn't do this. Like, and there's, it's it's weird for us because. Nobody makes playthroughs of our games because they're not as interesting to watch. Right. They're, they're, they're not so visual. Heavy. You can't have like yeah. traditional like let's play sessions of them. Right. I mean, I guess I've seen frog, speed frog fractions. Frog fractions. You could. Yeah, that's hap- I've seen a bunch of let's plays of frog fractions. Um, and how do you feel about that? I think it's cool, but I'm not making any money from it, and nor can I because, um, I don't sell it or have ads on it. Um, have you considered that you might be bad at business? <laughs> I am definitely bad at making money from frog fractions. You're good at cachet. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. And luckily, Kickstarter invented a way to turn cachet into money, right? Yeah. I'm starving right now. <laughs> Took that extra E off the end. <laughs> right. <laughs> Catch. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. There isn't an e on the end of that word. <laughs> well, there, there's an e it's near. It's pronounced. Yeah. <laughs> well, <okay. laughs> there's an a at the end. Right? Yeah, it's an a. Yeah, <laughs> C- catched. Sunshine says, uh, "Not a question. One, it's great when Zach uses the word unconscionable. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> Two, I strongly recommend the Frontier Magic series by Patricia Reed. W R E D E. It's more frontiersmen than cowboys, but it's good stuff. It's Book one a is a bunch of cowboys sitting around a fire playing Magic the Gathering. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the Fill book one is hand. Thirteenth Child. Three. Love the shows. Ah, thanks, Sunshine. Um, man, I've been reading. Uh, I uh, Zach Barth. Ed was interviewed and they asked him what his top 10 favorite books were. And oh, he, wow. uh, and he posted it. And when, uh, I'd recommended a book to him and he emailed me to say like, Hey, I like that book. Thanks. It was, it was on stranger tides by Tim powers, which riff are you reading that? I have not started reading that yet. You've not I've, yet begun to read. I've, I've got, uh, Gary loaned me a copy of, uh, um, Oh, I've forgotten the title of it. And I can't see it from here. Wait, this no. Is, it's not. Oh, I am Legend. He loaned me a oh, copy okay. of I Am Legend, so I started reading that. Anyway, on this list was a book called The Magicians by Lev Grossman, which is like sort of billed as an adult Harry Potter. Hmm. So That's it's just good, like, right? Yeah, just Ron and Hermione just fuck all the time. Like erotic so, fan fiction. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's it is really good. It just got 
optioned or something, right? Yeah, they're making a TV show of it. Cool. Uh, but yeah, I don't know. It's just about like, it's kind of like nerd wish fulfillment, except there's profanity. Like it's, I guess that's, I guess that's the way in which it is an adult Harry Potter. It's pretty good. I got excited about reading again because I stopped reading that Star Wars history. <laughs> just really boring. And started reading fiction about wizards. That's, that's, how, that's, that's how to get you back into it. Yeah. Star Wars history is fiction about wizards, though. Oh, damn. Mm. Good well, point. it's meta history. It's okay. meta fiction right. about, right. about wizards. <laughs> Durdrum says, is, is Train Hot Dog Frog Fractions 2? <laughs> am, am I Frog Fractions 2? <laughs> I think the jury's out on that. Yeah. I think we'll time, time will tell. Keep listening and maybe you'll find out. <laughs> Yeah, what are you gonna what are you gonna talk about on tonight's episode of Frog, Frog Fractions Two? Oh, Jesus Christ! Christ. That sorry, out. sorry, sorry. I mean, train hot dog. I don't know anything. <laughs> I I don't know yet. I'll have to figure that out. Is that listeners? Some... If you write in in the next five minutes, maybe you can suggest a topic for uh, train hot dog. That'd be so complicated. Is that on some kind of feed? I couldn't get my podcast catcher to find it. It is not yet. It is feed. not yet. No, I, I didn't. Uh, I, well, I'm too old to understand how to set up a, a an RSS feed. That's hilarious because RSS is for olds. <laughs> an anonymous Even listener than that. writes a pretty funny question. Do you have to play the previous 39,999 games in the series before you could enjoy Warhammer 40k? <laughs> <laughs> you really should have, you should have put your name on that. Listen to this. <laughs> uh, Cyan220 writes, one, will Zach ever play Earthbound? I've played like half of Earthbound. We'll do it as an assignment eventually. Two, he continues, will you guys ever play old games again, deciphering why you like them, or are you committed to only playing newish games now? It's been sort of an accident. Like, that's just been what's yeah, we just been on about our radar. Yeah, I'm I'm happy to play some old stuff again. I just put, like, DuckTales on our list of games to play. We've already done that as an assignment. No, it's not DuckTales. The Darkwing Duck. Okay. The, no. Okay. Great. Right. Sorry. Because um, it's different. Yeah, no, I'm into that. It just hasn't, I, like, I feel like after nearly 200 episodes, we've all sort of exhausted our supply of, like, classics that aren't, like, universal. Cla- you know, something that we, we have not done, Super Mario Brothers. True. Or Super oh, Mario man. Brothers I should just go add all my old favorite games to that list. No, absolutely. Yeah. I, that's a great idea, and we should. I feel like it also gives, like... The handful of people who I think do follow along and play all of the assignments with us, it will also getting, maybe give, their, fatigued give their to, wallets a break. Yeah, yeah. Right. for a bunch of new stuff. I mean, we can write it off. We're professional video game developers. But, uh, yeah, that's fine. You guys been playing any video games? Uh, I got super trashed and played some Bloodborne. <laughs> okay. Oh, nice. It didn't Were you just drinking absinthe by yourself? Yeah, pretty much. Uh, riff. I mean, I I I'd been out to dinner with some friends and and came back home and was like, eh, a bottle absinthe sitting there. So it's not like I I sat in the house in my underwear the entire weekend drinking absinthe. Did I, I just, tell you? I that just I, had a funny I, evening. I made my own absinthe from a you, kit. You did mention that. How I don't did that know turn that it's out? Really, pretty good actually. But it's really absinthe, man. Do, does it taste like absinthe? Yeah. Is, was the kit like powdered absinthe and you added water? <laughs> it was it was not that. It was a bunch of it was a bunch of herbs which I infused into Everclear. But that's not what absinthe is. Okay, what is absinthe? It's an it's, herbal infusion. Is it, it really? wood alcohol? Yeah. They start with they start with grain alcohol I and just so. infuse it with 
Huh. I think so. Yeah, okay, okay. Sorry, I didn't mean to be judgmental about your absence. Yeah, so was this your first exposure with Bloodborne, or was this... this Well, it's my first time playing it. I, okay, um, so that's kind of awesome. Like, so your like your first exposure was just totally. Well, I, I previously like actually uh, uh, related to previous discussion. I watched a uh, I watched stream footage of this guy Lobos Junior um, recorded his first playthrough of uh, of Bloodborne because I was still on the fence of whether or not I was I really wanted to play it. I because I I wasn't sure about how horary it was going to be and and mm. how how drab the and and gray the visuals were going to be and how difficult it was going to be so i wa- i watched his first playthrough i was like okay yeah i could i can probably play this and enjoy it and but did not immediately do so and then um next week's are uh, what the assignment we picked for next week gave me like the last straw excuse to go ahead and buy a PS4 and uh, Bloodborne was available as a digital download for it. So the, the thought occurred to me while I was into my second glass of absinthe, you know, <laughs> I could go ahead and da- download Bloodborne and see how far I can get. And, and by the time I start hallucinating, by, by the time I start yeah, updating, <laughs> the, basically, and yeah, I uh, I did not get very far. I killed some guys, but there is one particular group, large group of guys that always killed me. But it was it was a pretty baffling experience. But it's a it's a very pretty game. It's a lot nicer looking than I expected. Cause it it's uh, it's not just all gray all the time. There's a lot of gray. The the colors are muted, but they're the but they're definitely there, and they're there in like a realistic way. Because like if you go to like an actual ruin it's not just everything is gray because you get different temperature of colors depending on shadows and grass peeking up through the stones and exposed brickwork that's red and so on that's Uh, interesting like one of the things i heard about this game was one of the complaints was that it only had the one setting hmm it's yeah, kind of. It's got a, a couple of settings. They're, they're similar, but there are differences. It's, um, you get a lot, you get a lot of like ruined, fucked up city, but then there's like the forest that is adjacent to it and the sewer that is underneath it and the different kind of ruin that's over next to it and a castle next to that. So it's a lot of ruined stone. And it's all similar in that way, but there's definitely noticeable differences. Mm. And and beyond the issue of of the colors being drab, there's just they they maxed out the PS4's capability in terms of like scenery objects and ground clutter and texture detail, and so there's just so much stuff going on everywhere you look, like masses of completely different statues piled up in every corner that it remains really visually interesting all the way through. Did they fix the loading time? Uh, it seemed okay to me. Um, I was really drunk. <laughs> Fair <laughs> they, enough. They have reportedly patched it so that the loading time is not as bad as it was. Uh, but I did not play the unpatched version, so I don't know. Um, 
I don't know if I, because I've really played so little of it, I don't know if I have a lot else to say about it. But I'm, I, I plan to continue playing it, so. I look forward to that. Yeah. I look forward to hearing about Bloodborne, since I'm not... I need to figure out how to parlay being the most important person in indie games into, like, getting free hardware. <laughs> I mean, I think you, you just not- have to get Sony to approach you about doing Frog Fractions 2 as, as a, PS- a PS4 exclusive. exclusive. Yeah. 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 <laughs> I may or may not have talked to somebody about that. You could just walk out of here with one of Campo Santo's dev kits. Yeah, that's <laughs> only, only, possibly, only a million dollar fine the, or something. That is a PS4. Yeah. I mean, it would be a $4 million fine, but you wouldn't have to pay it. <laughs> You're right, a yeah. thief. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the system uh, of incentives here is all screwy. Yeah. Sorry. That was uh, pretty much all I played apart from next week's assignment because I got confused and spent all my time playing next week's assignment instead of this week's assignment. <laughs> because you spent, but, because yeah. you got confused and spent all your money on absinthe. Yeah. You know, your death certificate is going to say absinthism, but we all know it's <laughs> syphilis. <laughs> what about you, Kevin? Uh, I was traveling in New York and my computer broke. Uh, and I just read on the plane mostly. Mm. So the only thing that I have played is, I think, kind of an oldish iPhone game. Uh, and the title is just the letters AA. I think this is by oh, a it's company. About drinking. Th- yeah. This is by a company hey, that just Jim, makes. It's about not drinking. <laughs> Fuck. I've been doing it wrong. Makes games that have two letter titles because they kept trying to pitch me other games in their. Oh, was the next just... one AB? No, it was like, you know, there was like WR and SL and of. stuff like that. Um, so this one is, uh, I think, Zach, you have probably played this because uh, there was a an entry on the, the Game Center leaderboards under your name. Uh, it is a game where you tap the screen and it like sort of launches a, a ball towards like a big sphere that is rotating around with like sticks coming out of it. And you're trying not to hit the sticks that are in the ball. And then it slowly adds mechanics every five or six levels that, uh, like the, the speed at which the thing can rotate can change. And then it can ro- change direction. And then, uh, you tapping can cause it to change direction or the, the spheres can like grow or shrink or there can be like a timer, um, for the whole series. It's, it's sort of like a Twitch game, but there's a little bit of strategy to it. Um, that yeah, sounds familiar. A lot of ads. Because it was a free download, um, but it's you know it's, it's all right. So that's that's basically all I played. And then I played a little bit of a uh, pancake. I, I, I you beat my score. Beat your score on the yeah. plane on the way home. How, what are you guys up to? I'm at fifty four. I was at fifty one, and I've never gotten close to that again. Hmm. Well, that, that's not how it works. Like you you keep getting like two and three, and then like a month later you'll double it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Fadi was up to like 90 something. Yeah. Whoa. Saw that. Yep. So you got the elephant's trunk. I did. Yeah. Nice. Yep. I think the next up to create is another kind of pancake, probably. Mm-hmm. I wonder what that'll be. I don't know. Friday. The... <laughs> okay. Be a little on the nose. Still a good game. Is that all you played? That's all I played. Yeah. I, Jim? I, I played the assignment, but that's about it. Played a couple of games. Um, Played a game called Twenty, okay, which is for phones. Um, 
It's a game that's clearly inspired by threes. Okay. Uh, but it's more of an action game, but you're, you're dragging tiles around and you want to make the, the color and the number on the tile. Well, there's, it's, I say that I'll, I'll, I'll just elide the, the color part because it's, it's confusing if I say that. Just, you're matching the, the, the numbers. Okay. Um, and the, the numbers, when you match two numbers together, it turns into a tile of a, uh, the next number, number up. Okay. In integer set. And you're trying to reach, find, get a tile to say 20 on it. So does this all start with ones? It's, it starts with like ones, twos, and threes, but like as you get through the game, it'll, will like, it will, when it adds new tiles to the board, it will pull from the numbers you already have. Okay. So it doesn't take two to the 20th tiles to, right, to get up there. Right. right. Yeah. And I'm not sure it's a, good game i would there are a lot of design decisions that i would not have made um but it's certainly like very satisfying and addictive to play interesting riff where'd you go sad story um yeah it does things like uh what on a timer it will push up tiles from the bottom of the board Okay. Um, and what this means is that it's effectively just... Sort of like a, a hard mode of Tetris kind of thing, or...? I hadn't played Tetris like that. Okay. Um, what effectively this means is that those tiles are like... I mean, it's new It's new gameplay at the bottom, but you're still interacting with the top layer because you can't drag tiles... It's, it's, a, it's a physics simulation, so you can't drag, drag, drag tiles past, past each other. Okay. So you're really only working with the top layer, and the top layer is the same as it was before they added new tiles. Right. Um, and I think that's a decision that, like, is kind of a mistake. I, I think it would be a lot more interesting to uh, drop them in from the top, where, like, you're suddenly working with entirely new things. Um, anyway, I, uh, I've been playing that a bunch, and I've been playing... Um, Donkey Kong Country Returns for the Wii. Okay. Um, and Donkey Kong Country is a game that I like for the SNES. It came like right in the era when the PlayStation was coming out and people were obsessed with 3D games. And Donkey Kong Country was a game that like used 3D technology in that they used pre rendered sprites. Yeah. Um, and so it was a game. It's really weird looking. Yeah, it it's not a game that looks good, and it wasn't even at the time, but it did feel high tech. Mm. It was a game that you could look at and say, "Oh yeah, this is 3D, just like the PlayStation." Oh, I actually thought it looked pretty good. Yeah, yeah, I still think it actually does because it's like I don't know. It just everything looks like uh, it's like a cartoon, you know? Mm. Like it looks like it looks like what it is. It looks like the fact that. They actually did pre-render and produce sprites. If the sprites looked like bullshit, they would do it again until the sprites didn't look like bullshit. <laughs> oh, I don't think as they opposed were to capable of that. Actually pre-render, like actual like 3D rendering of stuff at that resolution where everything always looked like garbage. Well, that's yeah, what I'm talking about, though. I think it does look like that. It looks like a, a mush of like it's like kind of alias shiny pixels. What was that? It looks claymation-y. Like it looks. I don't know. Like I thought Clay Fighter looked pretty good. <laughs> well, that was uh 
<laughs> you can't you can't fake reality. That was actually clay. Actual photographs. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, although, admittedly, like at that resolution, it's also pretty aliased and and like just a a mess of like shimmering pixels. But my problem with Donkey Kong Country was that it played badly. Not that yeah. Well, there's badly. that too. Um, Donkey Kong Country Returns, um, I think, fixes both of those problems. Oh. Like, uh, I had heard that from a bunch of people that it was much better than the old games. And I didn't actually believe them until I tried it. Um, and it's actually, yeah, it's, it's, it's really solid. It was clearly inspired in part by new super Mario brothers. Cause it has a pretty good, like co-op mechanic. Um, but it plays pretty well single player as well. And it's just, it's just a solid platformer. And I, I was, uh, I was pretty pleased to discover that. All right. What about you, Zach? What have you been playing? <laughs> oh, sorry. I forgot what we were doing. <laughs> the music next door is lulling me to sleep like a hardcore lullaby. <laughs> um, I, uh, I bought, uh, Neon Struct, which came out oh, today. Nice. It's, um, David Pittman's hmm. minor key games, the Eldritch Man's new, uh, new game it's uh, a game that i'm not going to be any good at I'm, is it another stealth game <laughs> it is a st- yeah it is it is very explicitly like a constructed stealth stealth game it's not there's no i don't think there's any procedural generation of the levels it's i think you might like it it's it's it evokes deus ex like it is oh, nice. clearly mm-hmm. a love letter to deus ex um and similar level of fidelity to eldritch um but it's more stylized and so it looks I think it looks better actually there's people in it and the people look pretty reasonable once once you get up to them and they start like killing you it's not as you know it's like oh okay this is like Eldritch but like yeah I don't know man I'm so bad at stealth games we'll we'll learn more about this later but um, (laughs) it's I I honestly don't know that I will play I played the tutorial I got a D (laughs) and I don't know grade yeah Huh. Well, because it's like you're. I'm trying to think. Like the stealth games that I have enjoyed and been good at are ones where you can do non-lethal takedowns, like Dishonored. Dishonored, yeah. You can remove a guard from the action without killing them and thus being punished for that, right? Like sleeping, sleeping darts. Yeah, the the original Deus Ex. Although I think in the original Deus Ex, I just ended up killing people because they don't give you enough sleep darts. They like, do. Do they? Yeah. You can just sleep dart everyone. That's That was how I was playing through it. I, I played a non-lethal Deus Ex run. I would just like the infinite sleep darts hack. No, um, there's no hack. Mm. You should just... You, you, should you just, do have you to just shoot them in the right place, I think. Yeah. Hmm. And I, I, I use the stun... Hand, the hand stun gun thing. I remember being frustrated in Deus Ex that you needed to, like, tase people several times to get them to fall down. Yeah. That seems unnecessary. But this is like, you know, I kept getting seen and I kept like, I'm, you know, just yeah. I think the lack of spatial skills is what mostly stops me from being good at this kind of thing. But I think it is a good game and I think that everyone should buy it because that guy is a cool guy and he doesn't need to make very much money on this game to like sort of sustain himself and be able to make another thing. And I really want him to be able to make another thing. Um. You know, because it's just, it's, I don't know, it's it's cool to see, like, a guy make a game. Seems to be doing, like, one a year 
at this point. Yeah, Eldritch wasn't that long ago, I guess. Yeah. That's a... Especially if you you said it was they'd had constructed content. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's that's a pretty incredible pace for, like, a one-person dev studio. But it's, like, still sort of Minecraft level of okay. construction, right? So, like, I think you can design... If you're good at designing spaces, you know, you could make a level in a week in Minecraft yeah. if it was, you know, if, if it was literally just, like, building out the space. Yeah. Did you guys try, back in the 90s, did you ever try making levels in Doom? No. I made the a level Duke, in Duke Nukem. Marathon. Yeah. I, I'm not sure what those editors were like, but the Doom level editors at the time were really abstruse and unpleasant, and then, you'd, like, you'd, you'd get no visualizer in the editor, and you would you would save and then you have to build BSP and then you could load it in the game and you'd see like all the ways you fucked up and you have to go back into the editor and like change some numbers to do texture alignment. Um, I was watching JP Le Breton, um, use Slade, I think on Twitch to do doom level editing. And it is so much nicer now. Like I was watching him like do things like he would go into like first person mode to change like the height of a the height of a floor or a ceiling, and it would just like click on the floor or ceiling and drag it. Wow. And hey, now it's over here. And like, I want to put te- textures on all these walls. And you would just like click on the texture and then click on all the walls. It was, holy shit! That guy is a fucking enigma. Yeah. JP LeBreton is. I. J- I like him. Yeah, he's I, nice. I, I just had lunch with him today. I just it, like. It is. It strikes me as so unlikely that there would be someone who is. I'm a big fan of Doom and Joanna Newsom. Uh-huh. Like that just doesn't seem like two things that happen in a guy. It's weird. Like his his Twitter feed is like half like you know what like you're maybe a little too thoughtful for me to want to pay attention to about stuff. <laughs> also obsessed with Doom. Like, where, you know, it's basically just, like, fighting different versions of John Romero's dick in, like, various kiss makeup. Like, it's weird that, like... I think you should, they should uh, see if you can use that on the, the box quote the next time they release the Doom right. version. I, I think it's notable. I think these these things come from different eras of his life, probably. Yeah. Um, Like, when I was talking to him earlier, he said that he just hasn't played a video game in a long time. Hmm. That's interesting. He's making them still. You see, yeah. the life I've had could make a good man turn bad. Uh-huh. He probably also likes the Smiths, is what I'm saying. Probably. Probably. But yeah, that's one of those things where, like, you you only have so much time in your life, and, like... Wait, re- video games take up Fuck. a lot of it. I don't think that's true. I think you have as much time as you want. Oh, well, that's a relief. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm playing sure. all the video games now. Sure uh, that, that's actually it. something I've thought about. If I had all the time, would I do more or less things? Hmm. Like, I could just more imagine... Or fewer things. The first thing you do is read a fucking grammar book. Hey, fuck you. <laughs> hey, come on. <laughs> Life's too short to be mean to me about being a grammar Nazi. <laughs> <laughs> but I've not I'm going to link a nasty article to you about that correction. <laughs> I've not played even a minute more of uh, Wolfenstein: The Old Blood. I might, no. I might have wandered away from that. Um, I got a game uh, on Steam called The Curious Expedition, which 
is do you have to play it backwards yes okay <laughs> Any, anything curious, curious. is Benjamin Button. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It's like a procedurally generated sort of colonial exploration game. Like you pick, you, you choose characters and the characters that are unlocked to begin with were... I'm going to get this wrong, but it's like Charles Darwin or Marie Curie or a third thing in that vein. Thomas Edison. You can unlock like Amelia Earhart. Like there's a bunch of stats that these different people have different things in. And there are stats that these different people have different things in. That's a sentence that you would say about a video game if you were like an articulate analyst of video games uh they have you start with different inventories and stuff and so a lot of the a lot of the game is wandering around on this hex grid trying to maintain your sanity which you maintain with chocolate and whiskey and cocaine uh and then going to native villages and you can rest in native villages and restore your sanity but if you like defile too many of their artifacts or like blow up mountains with dynamite. I'm just imagining like the, the passages through element is like Minotaur China shop. <laughs> you're just, well, no, it's just like you can, you can like, Oh, we should break open this idol and see if there's any torches. in oh, okay. it. And if you do, you get like minus one l- locals attitude and plus one torches. And then you can use that torch to explore a cave to, or whatever to and burn more locals it's it's just like a it's like a sort of a procedurally generated board gamey kind of thing and it seems pretty cool it's it appears to have been written in english not as a first language which i don't know if and it's in early access so i don't know if there is like ultimately intended to be a a sort of a last minute localization pass on it it's 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 stilted and weird it's just kind of nice pixel art and it seems like i don't know it's a fun game it's like just a sort of a resource management strategy game there's combat that i do not understand in the least it's um each person on your team there's a die that you roll that represents them and you seem to be able to make like sort of rune word style things out of certain results on dice. Uh, but I don't know if you're supposed to have like looked those up or it's very inadequately explained. Hmm. Um, but like it's sort of roll for the galaxy, like roll for the galaxy has a bunch of dice of different colors that have different composition of faces. That's like sort of one of the balancing mechanisms in that game is that like a red die is going to have more of this number on it than than this one. And a white die is going to have, you know, one of each and a yellow one is going to have a different focus or whatever. And it seems like that's what's going on with like your your character and some of your equipment produces dice to use in combat. And all of your like sort of Sherpas or helper guys or Gungadins or whatever are each represented by a die and they have different compositions and like there there seem to be like just moves that you do by combining different results on the dice oh weird um and then like uh, the i was fighting a bear and it was the first fight of the game and he just destroyed my party and i lost 
because I didn't understand how the combat worked. Um, but it's, yeah, it's just this weird abstracted dice game for combat and just a lot of like sort of resource management. Like you can't carry all that much stuff. And so it's like, well, there's, we found a camp of a previous expedition. Do we take their whiskey or their cocaine or their torches? I guess the can't you take all of those things? Coca yeah, leaves. Well, you can't carry it. I mean, that's yeah. it's a little weird. Like, oh, I can't carry these coca leaves unless I leave this, I don't know, crate of rifles behind or whatever, which is not like. But it's, you know, it's an abstraction. Sure. Everything takes up one square. Because I've also been playing a bunch of Diablo 3. What, what uh, enticed you to go back to that? that season thing that they do that I don't okay. really understand what it is, but it's like, ah, it's like sort of starting over, but with Diablo three as it is now, which is interesting. Right. Did, were you playing when the cow invasion? Happened? Yeah, I did that a few times. What um, is that? It's you, there's like a tre- there's all sorts of different treasure goblins now. Okay. And one of them is the Herald of the queen or something. And when you kill him, it opens a portal to not the cow level, which is just like a field with a bunch of cows, monsters in it. And a, like just a shitload of really high budget treasure chests and huh. stuff. Yeah, it's weird. I didn't like, I don't know. Nightfall wrote us this giant long essay that was too long to submit as a question about the positive changes that they've made in Diablo 3. I have been and meaning so to go was- back and check it out. Since yeah. I haven't played since they took the auction hall out. And that's kind of what I'm doing. I, I feel like what's what's stopping me from fully engaging in it is not being depressed enough. Yeah, that's uh, kind of what I was thinking. So it's like, you know, I'm playing for like, I would say that like maybe every day or every other day I will go in for like a half hour and I will like go into bounty mode and go do five bounties and then like gain three or four levels like. Is that like a daily quest? It's not really. It's you can you can basically just play Diablo three in this mode now where it unlocks the entire map and it creates in each act five like sort of things for you to do, which are like go and do this prescripted event in this place, or go kill this named monster and then also kill fifty guys in this thing, or go like there's prisoners in cages scattered throughout this zone. Go free five of them and like kill the guys that guard them Neat. or whatever. And you just get like a big experience point. It seems like by far the fastest way to level a guy up. Um, I'm sort of curious to get this guy. Like I just played a class that I hadn't really ever played seriously. The demon hunter sort of archer thing. And, and I like looked up a high damage build, like a fast leveling build. And it's like, hey, all right, this is pretty effective. It's like, very much like not really playing a game because there's no threat of failure and <laughs> no, you know, like no real meaningful decisions to make. That's yeah. That's- I remember in 1997 having the demo of Grand Theft Auto, which was like the first city that you get for like 12 minutes, I think. And that was the demo it was like you can play for 12 minutes. And I remember modding it to. I figured out the the uh, level scripting format and just modded it to just generate like random missions, which were just all just like okay, go to this phone now and it'd pick a random phone in the city, hmm. and just playing that, like it because it was in twelve minute chunks. Yeah, 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 and it was just a very low key, like interesting way to get to know the space 
Um, the taxi missions and yeah, I've always yeah, GTA were loved always really the taxi good. missions yeah. in yeah. GTA games because of that. Like, because mm-hmm. there's nobody trying to kill you, and you just do what the game is good at, which is drive around a cool city. Yeah, and although the, the GTA was less good at that because it was a weird top-down driving thing. Oh, the where, first GTA. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the GTA I'm talking about. Um, but notably, like it was abstract enough that you probably could have written a mission generator that would have been about as compelling as all the stuff they had actually scripted. Did you ever play Auto Duel? No. So that's like an old game based on Car Wars, and I, if I recall correctly, you could just sort of drive around and like trade resources and do sort of a Trade Wars style game, but you had to actually drive from location to location and there would be bandits and stuff that you'd have to fight along the way that I think were randomized. I feel like we're going to be seeing more games like that because of Mad, Mad Max. Max. Yeah. I really liked Auto Duel. It was a lot of fun. I liked I liked that and I liked the uh, BattleTech. You were a big fan of that BattleTech. Yeah, BattleTech was Inception game. Yeah. That one was all script. Well, maybe not. That one might have had random encounters. Hmm. But there's a lot of scripted stuff. Those were both things that I couldn't. They were games that were really important to you that I was not able able to really go back to because they were just so. Especially like Auto Duel, I was never able to get to run on a modern PC. Yeah. I remember when you asked Richard Garriott if he had yeah. ever played Auto Duel, and he was like, "I I made that game." Yeah. Like, <laughs> oh right. Oh Lord right. British. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's what you get yeah, for that's... using a fake name. <laughs> <laughs> He's not even British. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I think that was him taking back a cruel nickname that oh, that's, his playground that's, antagonists they, gave him. And what did they think his accent was British or something? Like, I don't know. I feel like British is a kind of gay to yeah, that's to Midwestern bullies. Very true. Like, uh, you guys want to talk about this assignment? Let's sure. Invisible Ink. Yeah, man, I love the title. <laughs> yeah, it's good. So, last week I was complaining about tactics games and how I don't like them. And this game looked like a tactics game because it uses the same interface, but it's really not one. Hmm. It's really more of a a stealth game. Yeah, turn-based stealth. Completely asymmetrical, which is a relief for me because I hate it when I have to deal with people who have the same abilities that I do. Um, The the fact that if you make a move while you're in in sight, you just get... Immediately killed, basically. Yeah, that's that's I can deal with that. That's no problem. Okay. Um, I mean, can you? Like, I feel like in my experience, as soon as you're seen, it's just game over. Uh, you can you can sneak up behind could, that person with another character, or you can yeah. like take a single step into cover. Yeah, that works too. Close if you're if there if you're if there's a door between you, just close the door. Yeah. Or you can rewind. Yeah, the rewind yeah. is super super helpful. Man, I'm fucking bad at this game. Oh, I, so yeah, I actually like to my own surprise, liked it a lot. Mm. Um, I started getting into it, but I only got to the like middle of the third day. Didn't get to, yeah, I didn't actually play that much because I I was like putting it off because I didn't think I'd like it. So I had one thing that I then went in, I was like, I almost never, unless I have a really specific complaint about a game, I almost never go to the Steam forums about a game because they're just trash, mm-hmm. generally. But I always want to see if, all right, is there anyone else that also has the same complaint as me about this? Because I just sort of want some reassurance that I'm not just crazy. And the second mission that I did, it was like, 
all right, get in here, get stuff out of this vault, and then get to the exit. And I went in, and I found the vault, and I accessed the vault, and it was like, good, you got it. Now go to the exit. And then I went to the exit, and it was like, are you sure you want to leave? You didn't get the stuff out of the vault. Like, huh. Was okay. it one of the ones where you, by by hacking the vault, you could then open four lockers next to the vault? Yeah, I don't know. Okay. I was All I was doing was looking at the objectives on the screen that told me what I was supposed to do, and the I only one left was get out. I think that so mission has bonus loot that you can also get. It yeah, definitely no, I definitely like failed the mission. Like the oh, the Mal- Mallory Archer made fun of me at the end of that wow. mission huh. for not doing what so I was there for. Maybe you got one of the bonus vaults, but not the important. Vault. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. It it did a very very bad job of explaining what I was supposed to do, and I went in to the Steam forums, and there was somebody like. Like, first page, it was a thread, like, man, what the fuck? Like, the, the, this was really confusing. Right. Like, the objective said, get the vault, and then I got the vault, and the objective said, get out, and I got out, and it was like, you didn't get the thing out of the vault. And all of the replies were like, duh, idiot, you have to go pick it up, finding it's not enough. It's like, well, okay, but this is like a weird cyber world, like... Yeah. Finding it might have been enough narratively yeah. for them to find it. Like, what you gotta, you gotta kind of explain what I'm supposed to do, or I'm not gonna know because. So yeah, I wonder if it's. I wonder if the the quest trigger is on hacking the vault, no, but but, but the completion trigger is on actually it. looting the vault. Yeah, maybe that could be. I had a moment in the tutorial, and by moment I mean like twenty minutes or half an hour, where like. Very early on, you, um, you open a door and like the whole room is like the crosshatch red. Yeah. Where you can't go. And the, and the, the tutorial just won't let you step on it like at all. Okay. Um, and I wasn't, I had no idea how to proceed until I like, I peeked through the door at like the proper angle, which was like slightly to the left of the door. And you, at the, from that angle, you can see the camera that's actually looking at the room and then it tells you how to deal with the camera. Uh, but I was like, I went to like several tutorial videos on YouTube, like walkthroughs, like how do you, how do you get through this part of the game? And first I thought it was like glitching because the camera was not appearing for me and it was for them. Right. Cause it's and, at such an angle that you have to be at that one square. But it's also, is the it, tutorial always laid out the same or is it like, I feel like I the, restarted it at least once and it was the same. Huh. Also, but. Do you have control of international and you just have Deckard at you that just point? Have okay. There's like I ended up because I started a game of this at home and then ended up starting it again at the office, but then it was real buggy on I just couldn't play it huh. on my office machine because every time I ran it, it just bound the keyboard to my desktop while also being bound to the window. So it worked fine until I hit W to to scroll the screen up, at which point it minimized everything and highlighted the World of Warcraft icon oh. on my desktop. <laughs> and, like, the space bar just didn't work because what the space bar was doing was running whatever icon was highlighted on my desktop. And then it also just wouldn't stop scrolling up and to the left. Like, so, all right, well, I guess I'll... Do you remember... And then I went home and played it again, but... <laughs> The three times that it generated that starter mission where you're just trying to go in and get like the locations of additional missions to go to, the the difficulty variability was 
insane mm. between the three of those. The first time I was like, I just was like, wow, I, if this is what the first mission is like on easy, like, I just can't play this game. Like, and then in the second one, it's like, you walk into the second room and there's your objective and there's no guards. And then it's just like, okay, well, I can probably find the exit. Uh, but I didn't get a chance to. So, yeah. so then it was just like super hard. It took me like three or four rewinds on the first mission to be able to get through it. Like, it just seems like it's so, I think because I, because I don't understand, like, there's a guard. I'm supposed to just knock the guard out. That's probably wrong, right? What you're Not supposed to do is avoid them. No, I would yeah. I knock you, out most guards. My experience yeah, is that you want to knock the guard out, like, proactively. But because... you can't knock them all out. Like, it doesn't last long enough. You move so slow, and you have no idea where you're going well, because you of want the sprawling, to... randomly generated levels. The reason you want to knock the guard out is because he might have a key card you need later. Oh. And he has credits, and... Yeah. Plus, and I don't. You think, can also. I don't think they sit wander on around very far after you. After they wake what is, back up. What does that observe thing do? There's like a link where you can observe. It shows you where they're likely to go next. Yeah. It never did. It's any. a very faint white trail ahead of them. Hmm. Uh, okay. Well, it was so faint that I did not see it. Like I was under the impression that that was just a feature that did nothing, and so I. It it, made I mean, me they, they can also be stationary, which it made me assume that I was doing something. And it would just wrong. tell you that they're stationary. Yeah, I had an experience where the second level, I it was a fairly linear level, and near the beginning of the level, there was like a guard guarding an empty room, so I ignored him, and then I went to the other end of the level, and there was both like the objective and the exit, mm -hmm. but the objective was behind one of those keycard doors, and the right. guard at the beginning yeah, had the keycard, and so I got up to like alarm level six, where like there were the multiple armored guards, yeah, and stuff. like yeah. who knew where you were. Oh, jeez. Like, they, they are aware of your location. Oh, wow. That um, makes it so much harder. I've never And, and maybe, like, well, I didn't even I didn't even encounter them because I was just running towards the exit the whole time. I see. Um, and maybe, like, they only know where you were when they get spawned. I see. You know? Um, uh, but that was that was annoying to you know have to like okay i'm going over here okay i'm going I'm going back and it yeah. and it was just like that sort of happened to me the four the four the or five turns just to get across the level yeah, yeah that's the like, like I, there's there's three doors in the first room i checked two of them and went through one of them and got to the end of the level before discovering that the thing i needed was in the third door off of the first room mhm mm yep yeah yeah, I don't know. I mean, the the fact that you're under this time pressure that is probably not actually that significant in it's, gameplay well, it terms depends on whether you're tripping a bunch of alarms. Or but not, it is it is faster. presented as very significant. Like it is like every turn you spend, you are being punished by it telling you shit's getting real because of the time that's passing. Yeah. Like, and I think maybe it's just too effective at communicating that. When it's not actually that big of a deal. Well, but it's game like, designers I just want you to feel the pressure without actually putting the pressure on. Like, right. They, and I, and like what that did was it just made a, it made a game for me that was just very, very stressful. Yeah. And like stressful and tedious, which <laughs> is like Good such combination, a combination. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like I think what I want out of this is I want the game to be turn based only when there are guards that I'm interacting with. But you're always interacting with guards because they're always they're they're actually being moved around. Yeah, they're being simulated. They 
It, Unfortunately. And they could, they could, like, when you first see the guard, like, just spawn him where he would be. But does that mean you have to, are you in real time controlling multiple characters? Sure, why not? I mean, that's how, like, Wasteland 2 or Shadowrun Returns work. Like, it's real time until there's combat. At which point it becomes yeah, this turn-based, grid-based thing. And I'm assuming and it's like Fallout in that the yeah. characters are walking around in yeah. real time as well. Yep. Hmm. Yeah, they, it could work that way, but I mean, I, I think the game is it hangs together tuned really enough well. that yeah. that that they couldn't really do that sure. this way, this that way. I mean, I seeing stuff that I don't know if this was from the dev or just from some like really enthusiastic fan, but it was talking about like in the later missions, like. They are tuned such that if you have eight movement points, you probably can't beat them. But if you have ten movement points, you probably can. Wow. Like, mm. kind of thing. Which leads me to believe that a lot of care was taken in the way that the levels are generated and the sizes of things and the distances of paths and stuff. But that that is just lost on me because I don't understand the intricacies of those systems. And so to me, this is literally just a bunch of squares randomly positioned together in a way that is designed to waste your time hmm. because it takes so long to explore the space. There is no sane arrangement of objectives and optional, you know, loot crates and exit, right? Like, Sometimes the exit is next door to where you start, and sometimes it's not. And sometimes the exit is next door to the objective, and sometimes it's not. And sometimes the objective is way the fuck over here, and the exit is way the fuck over here in the opposite direction. And by not knowing that, you then can't plan anything. You almost always want to hit every room. Yeah, you because I mean, you want you want to get every safe that you possibly can, and and it steal helps a lot. Especially once you start getting more agents, because you're exploring the space faster with multiple people. Yeah. Okay, I can see yeah. that. Yeah. Uh, I never got past the point where it was just the two yeah. starting people. Yeah. I don't think you're gonna like the game even after yeah. knowing that. Yeah. I mean, it's. I love the way it looks. Oh, I love all of the presentational aspects of it. I don't. You know, I don't regret buying it, and I think that I like will recommend it to people who like that kind of thing. It's it captures a lot of the like good feel of Shadowrun. Yeah. Yeah. Which is a system that I like a lot, at least the tabletop role playing game. I haven't actually played the desktop role playing. I'm curious how you'll feel about it. I mean it's because it is an RPG combat system that I like, I, I might worry not. that you will not like it, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Is this a pattern you guys have just noticed about each, about each other? He just doesn't, and it's ironic because we've spent the last decade making a turn-based RPG together. Kevin doesn't like turn-based RPGs. Yeah, they're kind of crappy. They're not my favorite. You should make an action KOL. Mm-hmm. Anyway, uh, Invisible Ink for the PC and maybe other stuff, I guess. I don't know. I'm pretty sure it's out on something else, isn't it? By Clay, makers of my favorite, Don't Starve. Don't Starve is awesome. Mm -hmm. And Mark of the Ninja I is awesome. You. you have to say that because Nels is in the next room. That's also true. Did you guys play Shank? No. Not I Shank. I vaguely remember Shank. Yeah. Oh, I mean, no. I, okay. I, for a moment, I was conflating it with... Uh, Shark. No. What was that old um, Blizzard Thank. game? Blackthorn. 
Shalk. Uh, but uh, I, I, I have played a little bit of Shank. Shampk. Stank. Shemp. Shank. Thank. Thanks. Rank. <laughs> Anyway, I was bringing it up because it looked dumb when I noticed it like five years ago, however long it was. But maybe it was good because yeah, everything know. else they've made has been good. Uh, so uh, next week's assignment is going to be Axiom Verge. Yes. Yeah, I've already played a bunch of it. It's really good. Yeah, me too. I agree. Uh, it is It is out on Steam finally, uh, and I think it was originally on PlayStation. So that's Yeah, it was a PS4 game. PS4 game for a while. So uh, that, that's, that's one less game I need to buy a PS4 for, so that's a relief. <laughs> one fewer game. <laughs> I'm going to you that article so hard. <laughs> <sighs> All right, guys. Uh, Kevin, if somebody wanted to send us a listener's mail, how would they go about doing it? They'd go to our website, videogameshotdog.com, and fill out our lovely web form. Yeah, they would. That's really the only way. Yeah, also, there's can... a phone number that I forget but I'll put it in the show notes if you want to send a listener's mail to Train Hot Dog. Nice. You can call the the Beards Hotline. <laughs> All right. Yeah, I forget what it is, too. We, yeah. Uh, four Beard. One four nine hundred something. Yeah. Okay. One nine hundred Beard Beard Beard. <laughs> what's, uh, what's tonight's Train Hot Dog subject? I was thinking I might Google various superhero combinations and see who would win. Okay. Okay, I, I, I believe that's I believe that's not at all contentious. I think there's just a definitive list. I was gonna look for the list yeah. specifically, like, and then just read it aloud. I think that's a good like idea. there must be like on Wikipedia <laughs> yeah, a list of, of who would win. <laughs> yeah, people don't have any opinions. That's just fact. So that should be easy to find. Guys, I've had a fantastic time recording episode number one hundred and ninety-nine of Video Games Hot Dog with you, and I hope we do it again real soon. And listeners, I. Hope you'll join us. And until you do, keep your knee in the water heater and keep knocking over the nightstand. Later. Good night. Have a great week, everybody. Uh, nope. I guess it was a me date. It was a solo date. Okay. Uh, Did you get lucky? No. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't go very well.